Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, I'm Dr. Katherine Broom, Associate Professor, MedStar, Georgetown University Lombardi Cancer Center in Washington, D.C., and we're going to talk today about long-term complement inhibition in PNH. How safe is it and how effective is it? So complement has many functions, as you will all remember. A big portion of it is related to uh, immune surveillance and uh, lysis of microbes. It also aids in uh, phagocytosis and opsonization to remove not only apoptotic cells, but also to aid immune complexes in removing microbes, et cetera. So when we think about all of the biologic functions that complement has, we wanna think about inhibiting some of these functions and what effects those may have on our patients, either in the short or the long term. So when we look overall at C5 inhibition and long-term safety, the probability of a patient experiencing one or more adverse events was lower as the patients were on C5 inhibition therapy um, than it was in the beginning, suggesting that there's no cumulative toxicity associated with the long-term administration of the C5 inhibitor ecolizumab. There were some serious infections that were not fatal, and we all have to remember that related to its important role in helping us to manage and clear infections with encapsulated organisms, patients under C5 inhibition therapy need to be closely monitored throughout treatment. Even if they are vaccinated, there is the potential for the development of infection with encapsulated organisms, pneumococcus, haemophilus, and Neisseria meningitidis. 76 cases of meningococcal infection have been reported, representing an overall rate of 0.25 per 100 patient years of therapy. It's 0.24 for PNH and 0.29 for atypical hemolytic uremic syndrome. There were eight fatal cases of meningococcal infection by serotype B in two, X, C, and Y in one each, and unknown in three for a rate of 0.03 per 100 patient years of therapy. All of the fatal infections occurred in patients with PNH. All eight of those patients had received meningococcal vaccination, although not against all serotypes. So again, we need to maintain constant vigilance with regards to meningococcal infections and certainly treat our patients very early for any suspicion of meningococcal infection. As you can see here, uh, bacterial infections, viral infections did occur. Fungal infections were quite rare. Sepsis was um, also occurred, but not at a high frequency. And then um, solid tumor rates and hematologic malignancy rates were also uh, relatively low um, in patients that are on a long-term therapy. As we look at adverse events that were reported from the rabulizumab phase three clinical trials, we see that total adverse events were very similar between the longer acting preparation and the shorter acting ecolizumab. Most common side effects included headache, nausea, pharyngitis, and upper respiratory tract infections. And rates were very similar, again, between longer acting and shorter acting C5 inhibition. 
If we look at long-term safety for C3 inhibition treatment for PNH, we can see that comparing C3 inhibition to C5 inhibition, pegcetacoplan to ecolizumab, that the rates of adverse events were very similar between the two different complement inhibitors. The only significant differences are that pegcetacoplan or the C3 inhibitor is administered in a subcutaneous injection, and you did have some erythema, injection site reactions, and injection site swelling, which were not seen with the intravenously administered ecolizumab. All other side effects were very similar between the two different complement inhibitors in PNH patients. Long-term safety with regards to C3 inhibition, uh, several trials, including PADOC, Palomino, and Pegasus, as well as Prince. So we have a pretty good uh, longitudinal experience with C3 inhibition. And we can see that the adverse events are relatively mild. There were no cases of meningitis, but remember that all of these patients are vaccinated. There were um, incidences of infections, but all were relatively minor and included uh, appendicitis, uh, biliary sepsis, uh, breast abscess, bronchitis, uh, some fungal skin infections, et cetera. Thank you very much for joining. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME, LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.